Octagon gold is every fighter's dream, but that belt around your waist is a target on your back. And taking aim at that target are the rising challengers looking to claim your crown. This is Fight Week, and we've got another episode of Octagon Hype. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Octagon Hype Episode 4 is here with you and it is Fight Week, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brian Lacey. I'm your host and in the corner joining me as always, the one, the only, taking a bow, Mr. Josh Goodgen. Josh, Josh, I've got two words to say to you. Fight Week. Mate, it's, I'm pumped, man. Fight Week, Fight Josh. Week. Where's my tickets, Brian? <laughs> We've got your pay-per-view codes, Josh. <laughs> We've got your pay-per-view code. Hold tight, my friend. Hold tight. It will happen. We will get you to one of these events. But this week, I mean, uh, uh, how many fight weeks have you been at? Have you been at them before? Have you actually been there for the weigh-ins, for the no, build-up? That's, that's just something I want to experience. You know, I've always had to be a fan from on pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. But I can't imagine, like, the, the just the butterflies. I've, I've seen local shows and I've seen local fights, but... At this scale, at this level, I can't even imagine what it's like. Well, listen, I, uh, I've i done so many shows, Josh. I've done like, I've been lucky enough to be part of big events all around the world. And with Octagon as well, being with them for over a year, getting to see how they sell the shows fight week, because it makes a huge difference. The anticipation, the build up, the promos. And I still, I still struggle to sleep the night before fights. I still spend so much time dazing off into the distance, wondering what will happen with certain fights, certain contests also the build-up of will the fights happen because we've still got this journey from the fighters now to weigh-ins which is the fight before the fight and then actually competing so much stuff can happen in that week it can make it absolutely crazy it's unbelievable i think that as a fan that's one thing you don't really consider until you get closer to the sport you realize how much how much it takes to even get on those scales that's that's the first battle and then you've got to overcome that first battle and step into the cage rehydrate get ready Go to war. Go to war. Go to war, Josh. And look, I I, I don't want to talk about too much and we will have to because it would be a rubbish show if we didn't talk about the fights but it's one of those things you almost don't want to curse certain fights by talking too much about and by getting too excited by them but we will give you we will deliver to you a wonderful episode of octagon hype which will get you ready for this uh, fantastic event in bruno that is going down september 17th this saturday night uh but before that let's have a little look at some fun stuff that i found on the octagon socials for this week josh now last week we looked at some of the unsung heroes Heroes, the people behind the scenes that help build the warriors that we see step into the cage. Uh, I saw a little bit more footage today. This is a little bit of footage of uh, Carol Rishavi. He is fighting Frantisek Fodor on this card coming up. He's training at the Spartacus Fight Gym alongside his head coach, Attila Vey. This is him and Attila having rounds before the end of the fight, before they go into the fight, fight week. My goodness, look at that for takedown defense, the guillotine defense from Attila Vey. He is a light heavyweight when he's in shape he's sparring with somebody who is cutting weight and is he's gonna fight at lightweight and he slams him into the mat like that josh man that's not a good that for me that's not a good way to try and escape a guillotine <laughs> i feel like I don't, how did he get out of that <laughs> <laughs> well he put matt, matt man to matt with that one uh then let's have a little look at this last week we saw uh the one and only L- lightning louis lee scott uh helping jonas mcgard with his pad work now we talk about your, your, your teammates helping you. You've got to be ready as a teammate anywhere, anytime to help your 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 fellow teammates out. This is uh, the one and only Philip Macek helping Melon Petrashek get ready for his fight in the kitchen. Hey, what, promoters are everywhere just going, what is going on there? <laughs> Holding up a metal what, pan lid. Just, yeah, go on, stick some jabs on that, mate, will you? What is... <laughs> <laughs> it's the noise that Mellon makes at the end of that as well that gets me. That made me that made me laugh. <laughs> Uh, but Mellon will take on one of the most manly men in on the planet, Josh. He's going to take on T800 Stefan Putz in his next fight. That is going to be at Octagon 36 in uh, in Frankfurt. Now, I say he's the most manly man on the planet because of this. Uh, I've never seen a more manly way to eat a cucumber, Josh. Look at that. Mate, that is rock and roll, that. Look at that, wakeboarding, Why? wakeboarding while just smashing a cucumber. That You've got to get your five a day in, Josh. You've <laughs> got to get your five a day. Why a cucumber? <laughs> that's, that, that's, where did you get the cucumber from? 
<laughs> is it a sea? What's, is he on a lake? Is he at sea? Why is he eating a cucumber? He's always packing cucumber. That's what you can say about Stefan Putz. Is that a cucumber in your pocket? Are you happy to see me? Generally, it's a cucumber in his pocket. That's what I'll say. Uh, <laughs> but the other thing I think he missed the trick on, he should be eating melon, right? He's fighting melon Petrashek. He should be smashing melon on a, on a weight board. Yeah? Th- you used to be a comedian, right? Used, used to be. <laughs> Joshua... <laughs> Oh, my God. Look how happy he is with that. Uh, Look how happy he is with that. Uh, My goodness, what else have we got to show you? So let's look at some inspirational stuff as well that's been going on. This video dropped on the Octagon social channel. This is a video of uh, Lozan Kieta, our now lightweight champion, five years ago, Josh. Five years ago and then now. So just run the video. That is the before and after five, what you can achieve in five years, Josh. That's incredible, isn't it? You, you often see people at the top of the game, top of the tree, but you, you forget that they're, you know, everyone starts as a white belt. Everyone starts, you've got to start somewhere, aren't you? Look, and, it's, and it's a journey of five years, stepping into that to then finishing a legend in, uh, in the sport uh, and claiming a belt. That, that's inspiration, right? That's, that's an exceptional rise to fame, isn't it? So yeah, that's his journey over five years. Now, he's experienced a lot in those five years, Josh, but one thing he certainly hasn't experienced is a monster energy drink. Just watch this. This is in the post-fight press conference from Octagon 31, uh, where he sat next to Patrick Kinsale. Now, he steals the limelight a little bit when he, uh, when he takes a little sip of one of our sponsors' monster energy cans. <laughs> I think the funny leading up to it is like a kid, you know, at school when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. It's like naughty, yeah. Oh, I gotta open it really. Yeah. He opens it with one hand, and then that first sip, Josh. I, I, listen, I, I know Monster Energy are a big sponsor here. But, <laughs> but I'm not sure Lowe's and Kieta will be making that a daily, uh, daily uh, drink for for him. Um, one other guy I want to talk to you about, Josh. One other guy. We saw him uh, with a great finish, with great finish against the cage. Daniel Didi score in his last fight. Uh, picked up some injuries over the last few fights and he's gone into surgery to have, have them dealt with. Now, first of all, you can see a number of uh, marks on his leg where they've obviously inserted or taken something out from there. He's wide awake, Josh. He's wide awake. How tough is that guy? So, like, thumbs, thumbs up. up yeah, thumbs, yeah no problem. Go. No problems. But he, what I also like to see is Didi Squaw thanking the doctor. Whoa! <laughs> is that a cucumber in your pocket? Are you happy to see me? Jeez! <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, but just look in the doctor's eyes, Josh. Just look at the doctor's eyes. He is trying to keep them straightforward. <laughs> he has no intention of looking down. Uh, but DD Squaw, we wish you a speedy recovery. We also wish a speedy psychological recovery to his doctor there. DD's like, you're taking this picture with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't say no to that, can you? You cannot say no. Uh, so look, there's some inspirational videos. And we are now going to talk about what's going to be on this inspirational show, this episode of Octagon Hype for you. So we are going to have the two guys who will battle it out for that middleweight title on the show. Patrick Kinsale, the defending champion, he'll be speaking to us. And we will also have Alex Lahore, the challenger, uh, the rising star in Octagon MMA, joining us here as well. On top of that, we're going to break down the card, what you can look forward to. And I'm going to give you one fight, my pick for fight of the night coming up on Octagon 35. How's that sound for you, Josh? I'm properly pumped for this, you know. I'm I'm jealous of you. Fight week, man. You go in there, you, you cage side, you rings up, man. Living the dream, Josh. You are I living said, the dream. B- before we started this show, I said you are literally living the dream. It's, it's, a, it's a mad job you've got there, Brian. Cannot argue with that. So look, we've broken out the other champions on the build-up to this episode. We're now going to talk to you about the middleweight champion, the defending champion, Patrick Kinsell. So Patrick Kinsale, the inspector, will defend his title September 17th, this Saturday, against Alex Lahore. Now, his road to the title is a short one, Josh, a quick one, because he's only had one fight in Octagon. But when people ask me, why did he get the title fight of not fighting for it before? The simple answer is all the work he's done outside of the Octagon cage. You look at his resume. I believe he's been fighting since 2007. Across the years he's been competing, he's been in the biggest promotions, and he's fought for titles in 
every single one of them and hell titles in them as well. When this was announced, initially it was going to be Pirate Christofic against Carlos Vermola. Vermola then got the news about his injury, his elbow injury, which meant uh, that gap, that, that question mark of who would fight Christofic for that middleweight belt. Everybody wondered who it would be. You looked up and down the rankings, the roster within Octagon, and they did something really clever because they didn't tell anyone they were going to do this. They did something super clever. At one of the events, they had Patrick Kinsale, but they kind of hid him. They hid him away so all the fans who would recognize him instantly in the Czech Republic didn't know he was there. They also did a promo before where it was all like a silhouette of this guy coming through. And obviously, as soon as the Czech fans saw the silhouette of Patrick Kinsale when they said this is going to be the replacement, they knew within an instant. And I saw the whole crowd stop and watch this promo. They looked up at the big screens and as this was announced, everybody got on their feet, started cheering, started applauding because they know this is the fight to make. Patrick Kinsell has proved himself around the world. He's taken on some of the biggest challenges and he has one of the undoubtedly toughest skill sets in the cage uh, in the world. This time he stepped in and he said, I will take on Pirate Christofic. I will step in and I will claim this belt. This is somebody as well who's fought Vermola. Uh, he lost to Vermola. So he also sees this as a road to redemption, to getting back in there, to fighting Vermola again and getting that loss back. He stepped up and stepped into the cage to fight Pirate Christofic. And speculation was, you know, with the years that he's been fighting, has he still got it? Would he be able to compete at this level? Would he be able to claim that octagon belt? Pirate Christophish said something very simple. He said, I know what he's going to do. He's going to try and take me down. I am going to beat him every single round. Every time he comes in to take me down, he's going to be met by my two hands. Christophish is a world-class striker. But Patrick Kinsale, for four rounds, did this to Pirate Christophish. <laughs> Undoubtedly, four rounds went to Patrick Kinsale. You look at the dominance, the way he got the takedowns, the top position, the control, absolutely four rounds to him. Then into the fifth round, this happened. That enemy of every single fighter stepped in there to take on Kinsale as well. The enemy that we call fatigue because he got tired and uh, Christofic managed to get top position. Top position for nearly four minutes of that final fifth round. He hunted for the finish. He looked to try and get the knockout, the submission, but Kinsale did all he could to hold on for those five minutes so he held on for that final five minutes and managed to get that belt wrapped around his waist he is now the middleweight king the middleweight champion josh but my goodness that makes it so interesting when you look at this fight with lahore and kinsel especially when you take into account lahore's cardio well yeah i mean like like you said you got four rounds in the previous fight there and it was the fifth that started to it started to come unstuck a little bit let's hope hopefully you don't have to take it into those championship rounds because if the cardio is as you say it is you know it could pose it to be problematic so yeah it could be problematic but he is super confident coming into this so confident he has actually said he's going to do what carlos vermola couldn't he wants to finish alex lahore within two rounds so let's see exactly what this man has to say let's welcome the middleweight king the champion patrick kinsell so here we are we're joined by the middleweight king patrick kinsell how are you my friend uh, i'm good i'm good thank you it's good to you? have you on it's good to have you on the show. Uh, it's only a few days, a few days away from uh, the fight. How excited are you for this one? I mean, the build-up's been great, but you get to go in there Saturday and, and defend that belt. How, how does that feel? You know, it's a, it's a fight of stuff. Uh, just a couple of days, diet, uh, hard trainings. I'm a little bit tired, but it's, uh, it's, it's nor normal, uh, normal days before, before the fight. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about winning the belt because I've talked on this show about when they announced you to step in against Pirate. Then I've showed the fight. So the four rounds of uh, dominance and then the fifth round where you had to deal with him on top of you for the last five minutes. Um, what were the emotions like for you to get that belt around your waist in front of that, that, that huge crowd? Uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. It, it was in uh, O2 arena. Uh, biggest arena in, uh, in Czech Republic and uh, it was uh, awesome for sure yeah uh, that's it <laughs> <laughs> so 
As the champion now, obviously the target's on your back. And Alex Lahore in the press conference straight after the fight said, I want to fight you for this for this belt. Were you surprised that he called you out? And what do you think of him as an opponent, as a challenger? Um, no, I, I, I wasn't surprised. Um, I think Lahore uh, will be uh, the, the next one. Uh, I, I thought the... the uh, Polivka, if uh, he won this uh, fight, he could be the the challenger. But uh, Lahore won, and uh, I thought it, uh, it it will be Lahore for my next fight. Um, in the press conference as well, he he said he wasn't impressed with your performance to get the belt. He said he, he feels there's a way that he can catch you. What did you think of that? What when he said that? What what's what's your response? Uh, I just laugh. You know, it it, it was uh, it was funny. It's uh, just a couple of minutes after the fights, and I don't know. I I will try to surprise him now. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we're into the final bits of preparation. But as a fighter, as an opponent in Lahore, what what do you think are his most dangerous weapons? What are the the things you focused on in this camp? Uh, yes, uh, he has a really good. Uh, left left hook uh as a as a counter i think he is more uh, he is better counter puncher so i have to move uh, to him and move back uh, hands up uh, don't make mistakes and it, that's it yeah um, and as far as your preparation as well, who have you been training with? I know you coach as well, so you, you do both things. You look after fighters and, and you prepare yourself, but what's your camp been like? Who, which monsters have you had to go in there day to day and, and, and compete with? Uh, at South, I, uh, I visited, uh, uh, I visited, uh, guys in, uh, in Oslo, in, uh, Norway, uh, Jake Hermansson, Kenneth, and I, I made, uh, quick it was i think uh, one week one week for for start training camp and then i uh, just trained on myself here in czech republic with uh, miloš petrašek with guys from uh, gorilla mma and of course from all sports academy from our team yeah uh, and how was the trip to uh, to Oslo to to Jack Hermanson? Because he's a, a great fighter, a good character. That must have been a really nice part of your camp to go out there and and be with him. Yeah, it's, uh, Jack is a very nice person. Uh, I was there for fifth time, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. And always, it's 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 of course it's hard, but it's it's nice. It's. Uh, game changer for me always all all the camps uh he was in uh he was in a training camp as well for darren till and yeah it, it was most about uh sparring so it, it it was good for me i was there when they announced that you were gonna fight pirate christophage for the uh the bell and i was i saw with the crowd how much you mean to the czech fans i i couldn't believe just the, the excitement they had just from the promo that they showed before you did the studio with Andre Novotny. What did they mean to you? Because it is a Kin Salami. You have the hashtag Kin Salami. And it's, it's, they followed you around the world. They, they fly your flag. They are such big fans of you. What did they mean to you? Uh, in part of it, it was crazy for me. I can't imagine the crowd... Uh... Uh, will be uh, will be so so big. Uh, it was crazy for me, and I appreciate it for sure. Yeah. Um, and as far as like, I've seen you as well. Whenever there's Czech fighters on other promotions, you make sure you highlight them, and you you make sure you uh, you point out the good success other Czech fighters are having around the world. The the Czech Republic and Slovakia have become a real um, real deal. <laughs> the real deal, right? I mean, over the last, you've been competing for a long time. You've got a record where you've been traveled the world against some of the, the biggest names and the, and the biggest promotions. How does it feel right now to see the Czech Republic and Slovakia emerging and you being part of it as well as a force in mixed martial arts? Hey, it's, 
again, sorry for it's it's crazy. I I can imagine in in a start of my career it it will be so so good. I always look up to to Poland. Uh, Polish uh, crowns, it's, it's crazy as well. But now we have, I think, one of the the best crowds in uh, in in the world for sure. Uh, and as well, the promotion Octagon—that was your first fight for Octagon because you were fighting with other promotions. You were signed to to other places. But I'm sure with you coaching and cornering for the Octagon shows, you've seen them grow bigger and bigger. What do you think of what they've achieved uh, in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, now in Germany, looking to expand across Europe? What what is it? What's it like to fight for them now? And what was it like watching them grow from the outside? Uh, I I uh, I was at the, uh, at the start. I I was uh, part of the XFM, and it, there was uh, competition between uh, between uh, Octagon and XFN. And Octagon won, so I realized that Octagon now has space to to grow, and they did it amazing. Yeah, and now I think it's it's uh, it's just just business business plan to to grow up to around the, the Europe, and I think it will be. It will be success for for octagon and for all fighters under the octagon. Uh, and what does that, when you talk about that, that and the growth, how much more weight does that put on the belt that's around your waist? Because as it grows, there'll be more contenders, more opposition, a bigger spotlight. What what does that mean to you? What does that add to being champion? Uh, uh, it's for me. It's just a job, and uh, now I know that i have a job for long uh, long terms you know? <laughs> so the other the other thing that I, I i always talk about people your fights is your fighting style you've uh, got such a good rounded style and in the last fight is particularly your grappling was on show against pyro christofic um what's the biggest growth since that fight that you've had in your training camp what, what what's what's the next step that we're seeing in the growth of patrick kinsell now in in my yes, next, yeah. uh, it's a secret. Die! <laughs> come on, that's it. Come on, we can share. We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I I had a lot of time for uh, for moving forward, and uh, I hope I have uh, new weapons for for the next fights, and I hope I will sell it. All, all it, all of it. You know, um, I, I, I worked on uh, on my stand up stand up game, on my uh, wrestling game, and uh, and ground game as as well. But I, I would like to to show something something new. Um, in the predictions for the fight, one thing you said and a statement that I saw was that you would like to do what Vamola couldn't do and finish the fight within two rounds. Then Lahore came back and said, well, I'll finish it in one round. You won't get to the second round. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? As I saw all his fights, I don't think he is a first round finisher. You know, he is uh, com- comfortable in a, in a um, counter punching. So it depends on me. Uh, I, I don't think he, he will go for for first round finish. I don't think so. And you still think you can do it in two? Is that your still your prediction? I think I could, but I realize, realize something. I'm a octagon champion. I don't have to rush to to. <laughs> In, in a second, you know, uh, I always try to to finish the the fights, but now I I, I don't have to. I'm I'm just fucking champion, and if he wants it, so he he has to come to me. You know, I can I can fight smart. Of course, I I will try to to finish him for sure, but I don't have to do it in uh, in uh, second first or third round I'll, i love I, it i will be smart i i will be smart <laughs> you're the octagon champion you do what you want 
Exactly. You're the king. You're the king. Um, somebody who always seems to pop up in the interviews, and he spoke about you in his last fight and his last victory was Carlos Vermola. Uh, he said he wants to come down and take you on again to take that that belt. What are your thoughts on him making a move back to middleweight? Do you think he can make it back down to that weight? And uh, is that a fight that you would want after this one? Hey, now I, I, I said to myself. Uh, I have to focus on on Lohore, so I I don't think I don't care about Vemola anymore. Now, for now, we will see after after the fight. But uh, now it's all about uh, Alex for me. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Don't be sorry. You're the you're the octagon champion. You do what you want. There's no. <laughs> this is the life. Um... Fuck off. <laughs> Your English is good. Your English is good. Um, you've been part of the uh, the the um, uh, the other fight as well. You've been helping train. Was it Adam or Nathan that you trained? Excuse me. Um, you've also been part of the Adam and Nathan fight. As, have you been coaching one of those? Was it Adam or Nathan no, that you? No. At, at the beginning, I was the part of uh, of Adam preparation, but uh, he changed changed the gym and. Uh, he train in Prague now. Oh, okay, okay. What are your thoughts on that fight? Is because they come, they're stepping onto a big card in front of ten thousand people on their first fight, which is crazy to think of, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with no experience from uh, combat sports, it's it's crazy. Uh, and they had around three months, I guess. So I think it will be crazy for them, and especially uh, I spoke only with with Adam. I think he he don't realize the the pressure about this this event. Maybe now yes, but at the beginning uh, they uh, he can't imagine what's uh, gonna be in 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 the, the the octagon. If you were to Tell people why they should tune in, why they should step in and watch this fight on, on pay-per-view or come and watch it live. What would you say to them about, about um, why they should be there or why they should join us? Uh, it's, not all, it's not all about uh, my fight uh, against Lohore. Uh, I think all fight cards uh, will be great. Uh, Octagon has great matchups. Maybe not most popular names on it, but... The fights will be fucking great. Yeah. So That's don't miss it. Don't miss it. Do not miss it. And I cannot wait to see you there, Mr. Kinsel, the champion. Thank you for joining us. Thank you again for taking the time out. And I'll see you in Bruno, brother. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. All right, take care. So that was the middleweight champion. He will be looking to defend his belt, Josh, but this is going to be a tough task because he is taking on none other than the killer kid, the killer king, Alex Lahore. Now, Lahore has become a fan favorite in Octagon. His fighting style, his looks, his speeches, his call outs, uh, and it's been earned. It's absolutely been earned because he got a baptism of fire when he stepped into the, uh, the Octagon cage. He took on Carlos Vermola. This will be his second shot at the middleweight belt. The second time he's fought for it. Now, he took on Carlos Vermola on short notice. Now, at this point, Alex Lahore was competing at welterweight. Josh, welterweight. This is like you look at the difference in weight classes, 170 pounds stepping up to 185 pounds. And you know with Vermola, he's cutting a lot of size. He's, he's going to be massive in that cage. But what I was really impressed with, and even Carlos Vermola was impressed with, was the toughness, the performance, the skill set, and the, the willingness to stay in there for the entire five rounds from Alex Dehore. I mean, look at this. This is some of the fight, some of the fight where Alex Dehore had some particularly good success against Vermola. Now, what we know about Vermola is he's tenacious. He is uh, somebody who gets to take every single opponent down to the mat. And we've seen him already in his, his recent run. The last two fights finished both both people by head and arm triangles, got them both to the mat easily. Alex Lahore's movement was great. He kept circling away. His defense was great. Had a couple of submission attempts as well against Vermola. And I was, I was impressed, even though that was a loss, by that performance against the caliber of Carlos Vermola, Josh. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, like like you said, Vermola is he's a beast. So to be throwing up or attempting to throw up submissions here, there, and everywhere, it's going to make him question. It's going to make him think. So it becomes a, a, a real handful. Yeah, ham handful as well. But my 
sort of um, gauge for how good that he is was Vermola's response. Now, Vermola has been in there with some of the biggest, best names. He's had some huge performances. He's come up against some of the toughest fighters in the world. But listen to the speech. Play the speech that he did after, because he could have talked just about him. But he, he, he makes a really nice point and a nice moment out of his victory speech by uh, uh, commenting and congratulating Alex Lahore. Play it for us now. A v pátém kole vlítnem na finish, ale nečekal jsem, že ať nasadím cokoliv. Měl jsem tam plno čouků přes rameno, sáčouk, byl už unavený, strašně unavený a prostě se nedal. Já vím, že se tady obunu říká kde kdo. Škoda, že to nedáváte občas i prohraným fighterům, protože tohle byl tough motherfucker a pět kol titulový zápas někoho, kdo tam byl. Just look at that, Josh. That is somebody who's been in, in there with the best. Somebody who we've seen claim the light heavyweight championship recently, had that middleweight belt around his waist. That's what he had to say about his opponent. And that's what interests me about this fight. Because Carlos Vermola, you look at the stars, they're similar to Kinsel. Carlos Vermola and Kinsel look for the takedown. They look to bully their opponents. They look to get that top position. But Vermola struggled in some of those spots with Alex Lahore. The other thing that is key in this fight is that Lahore has been a middleweight now. He, he beat his last opponent, uh, Zdenek Polivka, at middleweight. He's now bulked. He looks much physically bigger. His cardio is ridiculous. And when you take into account the Kinsel fight against Pirat and we look back at that fifth round, this makes it so enticing, Josh. Let's look at Lahore's last two performances in the cage. The one was at welterweight. One was at welterweight against Tato Primera, the Spanish fighter. Now, Tato Primera, for me, another one that's been a real surprise uh, on the Octagon roster. Super tough, extremely skilled, well-rounded, uh, tenacious, and somebody that people have struggled with. He can make you look bad. But Alex Lahore, uh, what impressed me with this wasn't just his striking, which is what he's known for, but his grappling, his defensive wrestling, his submission attempts against Tato Primera earned him that decision win. So then look at his last fight, Josh. Have a look at his last fight. His last opponent was Zdenek Polivka. This was at middleweight. Now, the first thing you'll see is physically, he's got a lot more size. He looks more the part of middleweight. Take into account then the class of the opponent he's against. Zdenek Polivka's last three wins. One is against Eric Spicely, a first round knockout against a former UFC fighter. Then he beat Britchek by decision and then he finished, finished Czech Kone at Octagon 33 in Frankfurt. That's the level of the fighter that Lahore was up against and Lahore did this to him. I want to jump back, Josh. I want to jump back just to the finish, just the finish, that finishing strike, that uppercut that he connects with Polivka because Polivka comes in for the takedown. And again, Kone's movement and understanding and reactions are so good. He makes space, but he hasn't, you look at that, it's not much space. And the uppercut comes up, catches him clean on that left side of the cheek. And you can see from the re reaction from Polivka, the special amount of power that Lahore has in his hands. There is that weird thing, right? We see it with some fighters, Josh, where they've just got that death touch that's it i mean especially we saw before his mouthpiece had come out so add insult to injury there taking a short one short uppercut straight to the mouth with that sort of power yeah you're gonna go down aren't you so he got the victory he earned the victory with that uppercut but also he made the most of that victory because he called for his next shot which is this the middleweight title in the post-fight interview in the cage and then he also said it side by side with patrick kinsell in the press conference let's have a look at that I'm welterweight or middleweight, so if I get an opportunity of welterweight, maybe for a title, I'll happily go down there and fight. Uh, middleweight is a good weight class as well, and I would love to challenge this man down here for his belt. So, you know, I wasn't really impressed by the performance, you know. The striking needs some work, so, um, you know. I think I can get him. I think I can get him. So, um, yeah, we should get this fight organized. So, Josh, you don't get 
if you don't ask, right? That's why that's that's one of the rules I live by. And he's now got this. He's earned that. And with the skill set he's got, with the power in his hands, with the cardio, and now for me as well, when we if you're trying to gauge him as a middleweight by the Vermola fight, already it's impressive because of the way he withstood Vermola for five rounds, caused problems to Vermola for five rounds. Now add on to it a full fight camp. Now add on to it the fact that he's built himself up to the middleweight size physically as well. And I think we've got a really, really, and some people think it's a one-sided fight. They think Kinsell will do what he did with Pirate, take him down, dominate him for five rounds and walk away with a decision. But I think we've got a really, really uh, close title fight on our hands this Saturday. Brian, to be sat there in your post-fight press conference, calling apart your, your opponent, telling him where he's making mistakes, where he's going to go wrong, that's a confident fighter. 100% a confident fighter and a fighter that I'm excited to talk to. So let's bring him into the show. Let's welcome the one, the only, the challenger, Alex Lahore. So here we are, joined by the guy who will challenge for that middleweight title, Alex Lahore. Thank you for joining me, my man. How, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm good because I'm excited about this main event. I'm excited about you stepping in there, challenging Kinsel for this title. I mean, it's been weeks now of you preparing and we're getting so close to the date. How excited are you? Yeah, I am very excited. For once, I get the chance to actually have a chance to prepare properly for for. Well, since I've since I've been fighting for Octagon, so I'm very excited. The whole team is excited. Um, we had the guys from Octagon um, who came and you know um, done some videos and followed us through some of our training. So yeah, we're excited. We're ready, and we can't wait. Uh, and like you said, this is the first full camp that you're going to have. It's not just the first full camp, but it's a full camp for a five-round fight. It's the second time you fought for the middleweight title, but the first time was short notice against Vermola when you were competing at welterweight. Now you've put on the size. Now you've got that time to prepare. How much extra confidence does that give you coming in for this one? It's like, I don't know how I can explain, but it's, it's just, I'm just really excited. I, me, myself, don't even know what to expect. Well, I know I'm going to be prepared. I know I'm going to be ready. But I don't know. I think it's going to be very, very violent <laughs> and very good for the fans, actually. Hey, listen, all your fights are good for the fans. You've earned a massive following in Octagon through the fights you've had already in the cage there. How's that been as well? What's it been like being part of Octagon and, and getting that love from the fans? Because they absolutely adore you, mate. <laughs> yeah, they love me, yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm just being myself, to be fair. Um, maybe they can see the realness in me. Maybe they can relate to my lifestyle and to who I am. So I guess that's why they, they are really um, connecting with me, which is a good thing. Uh, it means that I don't, I, I don't have to pretend or put on a, you know, a front. I just have to be myself and enjoy what I do. So it makes it even even better for me. Hey, and it's, it's great for us as well, watching you in the cage, because you, your performances in the last two fights, we've just shown people highlights of the Tato Primera fight, which I was so impressed with, because he's a handful, right? He is an absolute handful. And it wasn't just your striking that was on show in that, but you show people your grappling as well. There was uh, a lot of grappling exchanges that you came out on top of. So it, it showed people that you're not just this striker to be feared, but you're a well-round mixed martial artist, right? Yeah, I like to call my style an all-rounder style. So I am an all-rounder fighter. So I, I'm, I'm comfortable in every aspect of the fight game, of the mixed martial arts game. Yeah. Um, the other thing that impressed me as well was your performance against Zdenek Polivka because if people don't know how good that guy is, just watch his last fight against Czech Kone in Octagon 33. He finished Czech Kone, which not many people have been able to do. Um, he's beaten Eric Spicely, an ex-UFC fighter. He beat Bricek by decision. But the way you handled him, your footwork, your jab, um, then the uppercut, the right hand, it was as sweet as they come, my friend. That must have been one of uh, your, your most favorite victories for sure. Yeah, it was uh, unexpected for me. I thought he was going to be able to take a bit more, but it was a bit surprising for me when he, he sat down and he was like, 
he didn't want anymore. So I was like, okay, <laughs> something's changed there. So what we're working, <laughs> what we're doing is actually working. What we've changed in the camp is actually working. The mindset um, within the fight is actually working. So we're going to stay there and make sure to have a, a cleaner finish next time. So that's what we worked on now. So is, I'm still going to be the same. I'm still going to be explosive. I'm still going to have that footwork, that jab, that wrestling, that grappling. Everything's going to be there. But everything will be a little bit more sharper due to the fact that I was able to have a proper camp this time. So, um, yeah. The other thing that you made the most of with that fight was the post-fight speech and the press conference because you called for this fight. Yeah, it was your first uh, fight, a middleweight, as in the, the one fight after you could find a welterweight against Tato Primera, went up to middleweight, then called for this. You literally said, I want to fight this guy. And he was sat beside you at the press conference, which I thought was yeah. great. Um, you yeah. said in that, that, um, that quote that you saw things that you feel that you can capitalize on. You think you can get him and you weren't impressed with, with his performance. What, what were the things that you, you think that you have the edge in this fight on? Well, to be fair, I, I feel like I've got the age everywhere. He's, 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 he's well-rounded. I'm not, I don't underestimate him. He's well-rounded, but he's nothing that I haven't seen. You know, um, he's more of a wrestler, but he's not really a finisher. We saw it in his last fight with... Um, uh, uh, Pirek Christofic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pirek. Um he had a lot of opportunity to finish the fight, but he wasn't able to finish it. So it shows a little bit of like, um, you know, lack of, uh, you know, finishing power, I can say, or how can I explain it? But um, yeah, I saw a bit of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of little weaknesses in his, uh, in his striking, in the striking department, and um, also in the grappling. He's got good wrestling. He's good at taking people down. But once they're on the floor, um, it lacks the, the next step. So, yeah, that's what we're going to capitalize on. That's exciting. Um, and like I said before, you, you fought for this belt against Vermola, um, went five rounds with Carlos Vermola. And in fact, in his speech afterwards, he made a big point of crediting you as an opponent, your, your heart, your skill set. Um, your cardio as well to be able to, to keep going and not looking for an exit out of that fight at all, trying to find your own finishes. Um, what's the differences now? Because size-wise against in the Polivka one, we saw physically you look much more like, like a middleweight now. Um, that's got to be a big part that will play into this fight, right? If he's watching the Vermola fight and thinking that's the guy I'm fighting, that's a mistake, right? Oh, yeah, it's a massive mistake. I've been wor working at... You know, at a middleweight size, so you know, I'm not even, I'm not even hiding anything. I tell you straight away, my weight. I've been walking around 94 kilos, 95 kilos for the past maybe five, five to six months. So I got used to being heavy. Um, so definitely, you know, looking at that fight, maybe the technical abilities. You can you can see a few things on that, but we've already that's the past. We've already looked at that fight ourselves. We've already seen the mistake that we've made, even though uh, without looking at obviously uh, the weight, so being lower in weight and him being heavier. We also looked at the technical things that we could have been we could have done better uh, during that fight. So he, anyone watching my past fights is is. Is is useless because I'm always getting better. I always that's that's what I do. So I look. I'm I'm just uh, I just like to improve and like to work on my weaknesses and focus on myself. You know. Um, so, one thing that he said uh, in his comments up to the fight was that he would like to do what Vermola didn't, which is finish you within two rounds. Now you've come back and say I'm going to do this in one. Is that is that is that a prediction? Have you seen something that makes you think you can get this done within five? Yeah, it's it's just my abilities really. Just just you know how the training went, how I'm carrying the weight, how I'm more physically stronger, how um, 
yeah, how everything is going at the moment. I just don't see him lasting more than a round. But if he does, we are ready to do the five rounds, as you already know. We was already ready before to do five rounds. We're more than ready now to do five rounds. So we'll 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 see. Like God decides, but we put in the work. The other thing I want to talk to you about is you've held belts in other big promotions across Europe. You've held big titles before. You've been parts of big main events. Being part of Octagon, being part of the shows that they deliver, the, the, the size of them, the crowds, the production, and then having that image in your head of having that belt wrapped around your waist, where would this belt sit amongst all the others? Would this be the, the biggest title you, you, you believe you will ever have held? Um, I'll say so, yeah. I'll say that would be, that would be the, the, the biggest title uh, to date. Um, due to the fact that first of all it's a it's not a new promotion but it's a promotion that's actually you know coming up but also they have a massive following and it's outside of my comfort zone uh, most of the titles that I've, I, I gained was kind of we can say within my comfort comfort zone because obviously I'm from France but I've spent most of my well I started MMA in the UK um you know, I had a lot of following in the UK and stuff. So fighting in the UK felt a little bit like fighting at home. Um, so being able to be out there and get a title out there um, definitely will be a, a massive achievement and uh, one of the biggest, biggest achievements in my uh, in my career. Yeah. You proudly represent France. You you talk about the Ivory Coast as well, and and you give respect to the the UK as your home and the place yeah. you started martial arts. You fly those flags, flags with honor, my man. What will that mean to be able to put the belt around your waist but fly those flags high as well? Oh, it's it's it'll be great, you know, to fly. To, it's difficult for me because it's it's three countries that I love so much that I love to represent, but some people don't understand. So uh, I like to I like to kind of let the people know that those three countries have made who I am. So first of all, France is where I was born, where I grew up. The UK is where I live right now, where my kids have grown up. Uh, my partner is English, half English, half Jamaican. So. I have to represent the UK. My kids are, are British. Uh, they've got British passport and everything. So I have to, there's no way I can't represent the UK, especially also they're the ones who open up the doors for me for uh, to start MMA. And they've been supporting me, even though I had the French flag and was flying. I had, I've got a lot of UK fans as well. And I can't forget where I, my parents are from and where my origins are, which is the Ivory Coast which is another part of me that I can't forget. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, um, I don't know how to say, it's very important for me to, to put that out there and make sure that people know that, yeah, I'm not just French or I'm not just English or I'm not just Ivory, I'm all of that. So all of, all of them free countries have made, made, me who I am right now and made the fighter that's out there fighting because I use all of the free countries to become who I am today. So where's the hat come from? T tell us a bit about that because really they're like Octagon fans when they see you they picture you with the hat. Yeah so the hat is is um, an infant uh, of a king of a village so every village has a king in Ivory Coast so when you are a king, you put the hat. And um, obviously, I consider myself as the king of the octagon, not the actual octagon organization, but the octagon octagon, so the cage in other terms. So, uh, yeah, that's why I like to wear the hat and that's why I put it on because uh, I, love it. I believe in my abilities, I believe in my skills and... I know I haven't been lucky and I haven't had the chances that other people had. I haven't had the big team and the big names behind me. But for me to be able to uh, to have done that, what, what I've done on my own and with the little people that I have, I like to call myself a king for that, you know. All the hard work and everything, you know, 
there's no there's no way you can't call me that I, I know that one of your big motivations is your family, right? Is your family, is your kids. You, you posted something which I saw on Twitter, which said nothing more satisfying than my son falling asleep in my arms, which I thought was beautiful. Um, was it a guillotine or was it an anaconda? Was it a das? How did you put him to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> How was his defense? Did he know which hand to fight? <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one. <laughs> um, no, he's just he's strong, man. I can't get him in any of them. He's got he's got no neck. <laughs> do they watch your fights, your kids? Do they get to see what you do? Do they know what you do? Yeah, yeah, they know what I do. They, well, I've got a little kind of set up in the gym at home, so yeah, they know that I train all the time. They know that I fight. They watch it. Um, my partner also got um, you know two kids from a previous relationship. They're quite old as well. So yeah, they watch it and they um yeah, they enjoy it, man. It's it's what, what, it's what, what do, Papa does, so they've got no choice. <laughs> what do they what do they think of what Papa does, especially when they see the big crowds and everyone cheering for you and these these big fights that you're in? What what do they think? Do they, are you just dad or is, is it, are you like you like a superhero to them? Yeah, I think um a bit of both. I'm dad and a little superhero for them, you know. I'm a, I'm an inspiration, motivation and and yeah, and they and they died really. I love it. I absolutely love it. So look, before we let you go, um, give us one message for the Octagon fans, the fans that have taken you into their arms, into their hearts, that support you. What what have you got to say to them that have helped get you this title shot through your following, through your support, and then now we'll, we'll be there. Even though it's in the Czech Republic, you are going to have people cheering you on there as well, mate. Yes, yes, 100%. And that's another thing I wanted to say. Um, yeah, thank you very much to all the fans from Czech Republic who were behind me and following me, sending me loads of messages on my social media. I really appreciate it. Um, I do it for them as well, to inspire them. So um, thank you very much. Um, and I'm going to keep grinding, keep getting the wins. And yeah, make sure you keep supporting. And... We'll see you on the 17. It's a one I not love to it. miss. One not to miss. And let's have one more thing. Let's have your prediction. What 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 are you calling? One one uh, what one prediction for this fight? What we what are we looking out for? Definitely a finish. Um definitely a finish. Uh, I'm gonna keep what I said. First round finish. Uh but I'm not sure where. You'll have to you'll have to it's, it's all gonna depend on what King Soul does. He, he's he's going to decide where I'm going to finish him. If he gives me his neck, he's going to get submitted. If he stands up and wants to strike with me, he's going to get KO'd. Simple as. There we have it. That's the promo for the fight. The Killer King is set and ready to take on Kinsel for the middleweight title this Saturday. My man, an honour to call your fights. Real pleasure to know you as well. Seeing you come through the UK scene and now re-rise across the scene in Europe with Octagon, it's something special. So thank you very much for all those moments and thank you for the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to you for obviously following me through my journey and knowing so much about myself and thank you very much for uh, having me on the show today so that was Alex Lahore he will challenge for that middleweight title this Saturday September 17th but there's plenty of exciting fights on the card as well let's run the promo for Octagon 35 the Moravian capital of Bruno is going to experience the biggest combat sports event in the history of the city. In September, Octagon and its circus, accompanied by the biggest stars, will arrive in full force. The title fight for the middleweight championship belt is going to come with an earthquake. On one side of the cage, there will be an elite Czech fighter and reigning champion, Patrick Kinsale. And on the other, as challenger and former champion of five European organizations, Alex Lahore. There will also be Slovak stars. The attractive and already postponed bout between Karol Rishavi and František Fodor. Vojta Barboric and his debut in a lightweight division. The return of the bomber, Radovan Ushkert. And the megastar, Gabor Beast Bararosh. We'll also see the culmination of the reality show, Who Can Survive, Adam and Nathan, who have unfinished business with each other and will finally come face to face in the cage. Octagon 35, 
Winning Group Arena, September 17th, Renault. Tickets available for purchase through Ticket Portal Network. So that is the setting for Octagon 35. The winning group arena in Bruno goes down this Saturday, September 17th. And if you can't be there, sorry, Josh, if you can't be there for the event live cage side, then you can always tune in. Josh on Octagon.tv pay-per-view. You can do that. If you go to the website, you can click on the links and you can join us Saturday night for Octagon 35, a fight card that is absolutely superb. Let's have a little look at it now. Josh, can you bring it up for me? I mean, just look at that. Through the prelims, you've got some well-known names there for, for Octagon fans. Pukac taking on Melish. That's a, that's a huge fight on the prelims. Paradisa taking on Furtado. Paradisa uh, looking to re-establish himself in that lightweight div division. Furtado coming off the back of a loss, but a really close decision loss. Some people felt he had won that. And then highlighting the preliminary card is the fight between Rochelle and Bartal. That will be a fantastic way to finish off the prelims as we move into the main card. Now, the main card kicks kicked off by our two guests last week, James Lewis and Gabor Bororosh. They will open the main card for us on Saturday night. David Moon returns to action. He will take on Donal in his fight. Then we have Mazuch versus Maganelli uh, making his debut. Kalashnik, Bruno's own Kalashnik, will be there fighting as well. And we'll have Rishavi versus Frantisek Fodor. A fight that's been rescheduled twice already will actually happen this Saturday. And then we top it off with the title fight for the middleweight belt that we'll see Alex Lahore try and prize that belt from the waist of Patrick Kinsell. What a card that is, Josh. Man, that is stacked up to bottom, isn't it? Stacked. And absolutely stacked. Now, before we move on, I want to throw this in here as well, Josh. This guy is somebody I think everyone should have their eyes on Saturday night. When you talk about that stand and bang style, Josh, this guy, this guy epitomizes it. Marek Mazouche. Now, he has fought for Octagon before. He's got a victory in the Octagon cage in MMA back in 2019. He got his hand raised there by decision. He's not not been competing since then, Josh. He has stepped away from mixed martial arts to go into Thai boxing, into boxing, but not just Thai boxing with the big gloves. He has been fighting for Dracula Fight Nights and has given some of the most exciting fights on their cards against some of the best talent. This is Muay Thai in small gloves. Now, I want to show you one of his fights, one of his wars against somebody uh, called Bannert. Bannert is a monster, absolutely huge. Definitely two, maybe three weight classes above Mazouche. Just look at the size difference. David versus Goliath in this fight. So again, look at some of these exchanges with Banner. Look at the way he steps into the fight. These big, big hooks, the speed at which he's connecting against. And I'm going to say this, he's a world champion, a WKF world champion Banner. And look how easy Easy Mazouche makes this look. Now, the ending was a little strange because there was a, an exchange up against the ropes and, and I basically trying to throw a shot and defend a shot. Benner twisted his knee, heel hooked himself, basically, uh, and the knee injury stopped the fight. But Josh, are you telling me that fight would have ended any other way but Mazouche getting his hand raised? Absolutely not. I mean, those knockdowns are just spectacular to watch. So it, it looked like it was all going that way anyway. Uh, it's an unfortunate way for it to end, but entertaining nonetheless entertaining now we are going to jump forward to may of this year octagon put on the octagon underground show in the o2 arena in front of twenty thousand fans this was all stand-up fights this is the first time octagon has put a ring not a cage in the center of the arena now mazush took on apollo silver now apollo leandro silver is somebody with uh, multiple wins in mma he's also got a, a boxing record i think he's had six six or eight professional boxing fights uh, in the first round, Josh, look at the way Apollo Silva schools Mazush. You look at the showboating, you look at the shots, then look at the damage that he manages to build up over three minutes against Mazush in that first round. The disrespect, you know, the showboating. This, that's the, that must be the worst thing as a fighter to be getting beat up and watching somebody dancing. Someone front of wiggling you. their hips yeah. at you like that. It's not good, right? Nah. It's not good. Now, I don't know what happened between rounds one and round two. But we got a little clip of his corner man going and saying something to Mazouche, okay? Because in round one, undoubtedly, Mazouche had lost potentially a 10-8 round there. Then his corner stepped in. They dealt with the damage. They whispered in his ear. And he came out and did this. That is a finish. That is lights out on the button. And to make that even more impressive, Josh, in 20 plus, I think it's nearly 30 MMA fights, Apollo Silva, never been submitted, 
never been knocked out. In all his boxing fights, never been knocked out. Never even been hurt in his boxing fights. Literally never dropped, never wobbled. And Mazouche, that is the power you get from somebody like that. I'm sold. Let's go. <laughs> Pay-per-view. Because <laughs> you're not taking me. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Okay, listen, uh, but you can watch it, Josh. You can watch it live on pay-per-view, octagon.tv. You get to join us there. Uh, in fact, Josh, I feel like I should, I should make someone's dream come true today, live on this show. I feel like somebody has earned a chance to come and watch Octagon live. Don't tease me. I'm not teasing you, Josh. Josh, would you like to come and watch Octagon 35 from Bruno with me? Do a little vlog maybe of your experience of the first ever Octagon show you get to experience live. Would you like that to happen? Absolutely. <laughs> Sign me up. Chris, you serious? I'm 100%. We have just had a message. This is, what you don't see is I've got messages going on left, right and centre. We have just had a message in from Pavel Neruda and Lucas Ma uh, Martinka saying that they would love you to come and experience your first Octagon, 30, Octagon show live in Bruno and they'd like to get your experience so you can share it with our viewers here at Octagon Hype. How does that sound? Oh, I'm, we need to wrap this up. I need to go pack my bags. <laughs> So this week, Josh, me and you, we're going to go to the fights. We're going to go to Bruno. We're going to go watch Octagon 35. You guys can watch it as well. You can join us live, octagon.tv, and you can follow all the adventures of Mr. Josh Goodchin on the next episode of Octagon Hype. So once again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching the show. Check out and join us on all the social media. Uh, subscribe to the channel, and we will be back with somebody who will have broken his Octagon cherry, the little, the wonderful. <laughs> Mr. Josh Goodgens, I'll see you in two weeks' time.